Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Akeem's Dream Show. And today we're going to be talking about Stoic Smash, the domestication of emotion. So what does that mean, Stoicism and Stoicism Smash? Well, the genesis for this episode came when I was thinking about my high school football days and how when I was playing quarterback, and for all y'all who don't know anything about football, it's the quarterback is the person who goes hut, hut takes the ball, takes a few steps back from those big linemen and then goes to find somebody who's open and throw it to him. That was my position. And one of the biggest things I got the jitters over was when was I going to get hit for the first time? Because typically when you're a quarterback, during the week in practice, you have a red, red uh, jersey on, you're not allowed to be hit. So the real first time you get hit all week is in the game. And you're kind of nervous for that hit because you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm able to take this hit or not. And it's an interesting phenomenon because as soon as you get hit and that first time you get hit and you smash, hit the gra- the grass or the artificial turf, whatever, and then you get back up, it's like all of the fears and all the, 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 the nervousness you had and the anxiety, it goes away because you were imagining like not getting back up. These these big 250 pound linemen, they just dream about killing you (laughs) coming around the edge, but then they hit you, you get up and you move on with the game. It's kind of like you're getting hit into the game. It's like, Ooh, I got my first hit. Now I can play. Now I'm in. And I think there's a lot of quarterbacks who are adopting stoicism, stoic principles without even realizing it by embracing that first hit instead of being scared of it, knowing that it's going to either help them or they're going to learn from it. But there's nothing bad that can happen from being hit in a football game. My first, first inkling of this methodology, and that's what I'll call it. I'm not going to call it a religion. I'm not going to call it a philosophy, although it could be either of those things. A lot of people approach it like a philosophy or in a religion, but uh, stoicism is completely different vibe. It's like a, It's like an operating system for a super intense, stressful life. So Stoicism, where do you even begin? Well, a lot of, th- I used to think that stoicism, if you asked me what stoicism was, I just knew the joke about it, where someone would say, yeah, stoicism is like a cow looking at a brand new gate in the middle of a rainstorm. Just indifferent, doesn't care if it stops raining, doesn't care if it keeps raining, doesn't care if the grass gets chewed up, it's just there. It's a cow. Everyone's stood in, everyone's seen a cow in the field just standing there and it it just doesn't just watching life go by nothing is good or bad it's just existing and that's what a lot of people thought stoicism was or at least i did and it couldn't be anything further from the truth stoicism is a like i said it's an operating system but it's principles applied that get you to that cow-like state of indifference where it's not apathy but you are not stressing out over things you can't control. So let's get into this. Who studies stoicism in the world? I don't think you'd be surprised to realize and find out that it's very popular amongst football crowds in the NFL. Head coaches implement it. People like Bill Belichick. It's very popular within the ranks of the military. Many military generals use it in their teachings at West Point and all these other institutions. The Navy, the Air Force, uh, the Marines. Uh, so all these divisions, they, they all study this to some degree. And then now it's starting to get legs in corporate America, where people who are in high-stress business environments 
they're starting to adopt some of these stoic principles. So what is stoicism at the end of the day? Well, it's a thought process. It's a worldview that says what is in our control and what is out of our control. That is first principle number one. So going back to that QB example, what is in my control? Well, what's in my control is me snapping it and then everything else outside of that is out of my control. I can't control whether alignment blocks for me. I can't control whether someone comes through free, which means that being hit is an inevitability. That's principle number one. What is in my control? What is in your control? And what is out of our control? And that leads to a natural deduction, which is what should you actually be getting upset about? Because if you understand what's in your control and you understand what's outside of your control, then it only makes sense. And this, they're very rational, the Stoics. It only makes sense to only get upset about the things you can control because that means you have, you have agency, you have ability of autonomy to make it different. But if it's something you can't control, why are you getting stressed out, man? What's that one thing that people always say? Uh, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. That's a derivative of stoicism. I mean, it's all small stuff, baby, at the end of the day. So you think about stoicism, there's uh, these ancient thinkers out of Rome, it's primarily ancient Rome. Man, the ancient Romans were sophisticated. You talk about a two to 3,000 year old society. We're, st we're still learning from them. So tops off to them. There's a guy named Marcus Aurelius who was maybe one of the original thinkers of stoicism. I mean, there's a, he had teachers who had teachers, but he's one of the more primary ones that kind of pop up when you think about him. And he was the emperor of Rome for, for a period. Marcus Aurelius was his name. And this is a stoic thing he would implement. So he would, he would wake up in the middle of the night and imagine that his family had passed away or he'd wake up in the morning and, and he'd, uh, he'd write in his journal and, and imagine that his, uh, the things that he loved the most were gone. And then obviously he'd go back to his life and they were all still there and he would have this appreciation. It was almost like reverse engineering anxiety. He was looking at the anxiety that might be caused in his life. And he, uh, he thought about, he imagined what it would be like. And then the reality turned out to be a lot better than what he had ever imagined. One of his favorite, one of my favorite quotes of uh, Marcus Aurelius, he said, uh, be tolerant with others and be strict with yourself. Another really prominent thinker within the realm of Stoicism is a guy named Seneca the Younger. And this guy would practice Stoicism with different, he was very creative in his approaches. But one of the approaches that stood out to me was he would go a month and eat only rice and beans, beans and rice. Now, I've actually done that myself when I was in my early 20s and I was learning how to cook and I was on a budget and shit was tight. But he would do that on purpose. He actually had a lot of money. He was a prominent um, politician and, and merchant and stuff. But he would do this. He would practice frugality. He would practice minimalism to imagine the worst case scenario. And then at the end of the month, he'd be like, okay, well, um, I don't have that. But if I was to lose everything tomorrow, I would still be okay. Very wise. Seneca, one of my favorite quotes from him is, we are often more frightened than hurt. And we suffer more from imagination than from reality. Jeez, I'm dropping some bombs on you guys today. Wish Funkmaster Flex was here. <laughs> so the four virtues of Stoicism. 
There's four virtues. This, if this was a religion, this would be a pretty easy one to adopt because it's like only five things you have to remember. But here are the four virtues. Number one is courage. Be brave. Number two is temperance. Be moderate. Number three is justice. Be moral. Number four is wisdom. Be truthful and understanding. Sounds simple enough. Shit you learn in the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts and maybe in Little League baseball. Who knows? So what are you You might be asking, like, what is, uh, okay, this is all good stuff. It sounds like basic morality 101 and, you know, not losing your shit over the stuff you can't control. And I would probably agree to you. How does this actually implement in your life? What are some take homes? I'm a big application person. You'll notice if you listen to a lot of the episodes on my show that I give you challenges. I'm a big believer in what can you do today that's actionable. And I give you three actionable stoic takeaways that you can implement to become more stoic in your day-to-day life. And I would say number one, because we're all stressed to the gills, ask yourself what you actually have control over. I used to love making T-charts and sticky notes. And what you can do with stoicism is just write on a write on a sheet of paper, a T-chart. On the left side of the T-chart, say, what do I have control over? And on the right side of the T-chart, you say, what do I not have control over? Make it black and white, binary, one or the other. And then when you write that out, you'll start to have peace with what you actually have control over in your life. Number two actionable item you can do is journal. Now, a lot of you guys already journal. Great. Keep doing it. It puts you in a reflective state, puts you in a grateful state. Not much needs to be more said about that. Number three, really cool one. I have not seen this tattooed yet, and I'm really surprised. This would make a really banging tattoo. But practice amore fati or the love of fate. Love everything that happens to you. The love of anything and everything that is meant to happen and will happen and has happened. So, and that's good and bad. I like that. If you love everything that's happened, good and bad, you're going to be that cow staring at the gate. Just freaking ready to get butchered. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But uh, to uh, Marcus Aurelius said this about Amor Fati. He said, to love only what happens, what is destined, there's no greater harmony. Amen, brother. Amen. So do not anticipate the bad. Don't anticipate the good. Just look forward to everything. And there's only uh, there's only lessons and and uh, and victories, in my opinion. There's a lot of good resources out there. I know we kind of skimmed over this one today, but it's uh, it's damn near a religion. So I'm not going to do that on a podcast without some help. But uh, just I give you this is a really easy stuff. And I think it's really useful in uh, especially in modern times. We really need to chill out and uh, think about what we actually can do and what we can't and stop being, you know, because stress is what put pe- puts people in hospitals, you know, being way too stressed out and not know how I'm dealing with stress. It could be liquor, it could, boo- it could be booze, it could be uh, vices, it could be whatever. But I think a lot of it, it can be dealt with internally. So resources, there's a really good resources for this kind of stuff. Just Google Seneca or Marcus Aurelius or Ryan Holiday, a very prolific writer and um, stoic, and he's got a lot of great books. 
uh, one called the obstacle is the way and it's literally all about stoicism another one called the ego is the enemy so he's got really interesting books and he's a huge student of Seneca Marcus Aurelius and Marcus Aurelius has a book um, not a book but these uh, letters called the meditations very very good stuff yeah so check that out Tim Ferriss actually is a very uh, prominent stoic as well like he'll talk about stoicism for like half an episode before he introduces a guest sometime but uh he's a he's a proponent of stoicism so check out tim ferris and then i'll end this i'll end off this estimate this uh this episode with a with a prayer that i learned when i was actually like 21 because i was really stressed out something bad had happened at work and in a relationship and i was at home and i didn't have a panic attack but i damn near had one and then for what, from whatever reason, I was strolling through the internet or I was doing, I found a book or it's amazing how when you're down on your luck and you're, you need a sign, something comes to you in your moment of uh, your lowest moment, your rock moment. And this came to me and I wish I knew where from, but it's called the serenity prayer. And I'm sure some of you are familiar with it, but it goes a little bit like this. And I think it wraps up the estimate, the, uh, and I think it wraps up the uh, episode perfectly. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And with that being said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Akeem Stream Show. And until next time, I'll catch you in a field staring at a fence with a cow. Peace. Peace.